Welcome to Dear 20-something. I'm Erica, and I'm a 20-something social entrepreneur who is navigating the ups and downs of being in my 20s. Dear 20-something started because we wanted to create a space for ambitious and curious 20-somethings to connect with the successful woman they most look up to. While the 20s can be a time full of questions and doubts we process internally, Dear 20-something is a space where listeners can hear insights, ask questions, and ultimately get advice from the woman they most admire. Today on the show, I am so excited to be chatting with Kelly Rutherford. Kelly is a mother, actress, and entrepreneur. You may know her from Melrose Place and Gossip Girl, where she played the iconic role of Lily Vanderwoodson. More recently, you may have heard of the brand she co-founded called Sovereign Collective, which is a global shopping website. I can't wait to chat with her and share her story with you now on Dear 20-something. Please welcome Kelly Rutherford. Oh, I love that. That's your little intro. I love the intro. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to chat with you. And this show is all about interviewing really successful women that we all look up to about their 20s and their winding path to get there. I started this show because I'm 24 and I'm really ambitious and I'm really inspired by some awesome women I see like yourself, but it's hard to place how can I get from here to there, right? Like if I look at an Oprah, she's this empire. She's iconic. She's amazing. Such a clear sense of herself, but what was she doing at 24? I've actually heard she got fired from her first job. So we just try to humanize your 20s and, and chat with really amazing women and just, you know, yeah, figure it out together. So smart and so brilliant. I remember being in my 20s and I would go to the newsstand and get this magazine called Lear's Magazine, which was Norman Lear's wife. And it was all about like women in their 40s, but it was all wisdom. You know, it was wisdom, like how they found their sense of style, how they found their this. And I was just fascinated. So I so remember being in my 20s and having all of those feelings, you know? Yeah. I love that you were had a magazine you could go to that was like really valuable. Right. And Norman Lear's amazing. I didn't know his wife did that. That's so cool. Yeah, she did this magazine and it was really ahead of its time. It was kind of like, okay, then there's, there was, I think there was more magazine that came out about women in their 40s, you know, like that kind of thing. But it was really interesting conversations about the same thing you're talking about, just different how people did what they do, you know, or became successful or, you know, it was fun. We all like have to learn from the people before us. And I think especially women, like I've found when I'm at my lowest or I'm at my most confused, like it's women who come to my side and and kind of help lift me up. And so I think that's also something that's really important to me is, you know, we're all figuring it out together and just being really real and not having to put on a facade. So I'm really excited to dive in. Before we get into it, I do like to start every show with a bit of like a light and fun question. So the question I'm going to ask you is, what is something new that you learned in this past week? It could be maybe like a fun fact from an article or a book you're reading, maybe an interesting conversation, but something new. We've had people, it totally spans the gamut. People have like words of wisdom that someone bestowed upon them and someone else said they learned how to like cook rice. So it just, it's totally, it can be whatever you want. Cooking rice is a never ending learning experience. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I learned so much because I've started all these new kind of businesses and, and things that I have no idea about. So, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I mean, there's so much I'm learning about just even how to manage business situations differently. You know, I mean, I'm used to sort of showing up on a set and having engaging in a certain way, right? Or going on an audition and meeting people or 
you know, working in, in that, I mean, obviously it's a community and it's a group of people that you're having to work in, but different skill set, you know, then. So I'm learning new things every day. I don't even know where to begin. I'm like overwhelmed. I mean, I just learned about a new cryptocurrency today called DOT, which I haven't heard of. I don't know. It's called DOT or something. I learned about like, I don't know, like so many little things. I've had so many conversations, but the big thing is realizing, you know, in some way, every single person has something to offer and you learn from, right? I think it's just sort of to stay open and to, I was having my coffee this morning and some young guy, 35, me, to me, that's young to you. It's old. <laughs> it's right in between us. It's right in between. I love it. Some guy who was like young to me, old dude, came up and was, you know, talking about this business he was starting and we were talking about it and talking about the world events. And I just thought it was so fascinating, you know, it was just, and he's the one that was talking a little bit about cryptocurrency. And then he said, you need this thing, this lever thing, instead of keeping it on your phone. And of course, these are things that I'm like, completely, you guys, this is a way, something that you guys in your 20s know everything about and people that are older don't. So I need to have the other show. Where I bring on people in their 20s and be like, okay, what can you teach us? Because <laughs> it's true. That's how we feel, you know? We all have a lot to learn from each other. And things like, I would say, cryptocurrency, no one knows what's going on. Everyone's just doing their best. But good for you for like entertaining those conversations and being still willing and open to learning, you know? I know some people that are much younger than you that are like, eh, you know, I don't want to learn it. I'm not over it. I don't need to learn about where things are going. And the fact that you're having this second life now and starting all these businesses and like having these conversations, like that's incredible. And I think we can all only hope to have like that second life, if you will, because obviously it's so different than your acting life. How do you meet these like young people that like tell you about what's going on? Like, how are you educating yourself on these like new spaces? And like, if you are interested in like investing or crypto or, you know, launching a business, like where do you find that knowledge? Where do you find these people? Well, normally, well, I'm actually working on an app now that these two young guys approached me about working with them on. It was, it's their concept called Wiser, W-H-Y-Z-Z-E-R. We were just on a call and it's about making education social. So it's a place that you can go like, you know, we go to Instagram and we're basically sharing our brand or our pictures or our, our lifestyle, whatever, but this is where you can share information. So someone like you can upload content and then share information. And if I want to learn about what people, 20 something people are doing, I can go and I can share it. So basically I'll be able to share what you're learning about and the sort of algorithm will give me more information. So things that I would have never known. So, okay, now there's more things on 20 somethings and what they're learning or what the new trends are, right? How do you find them? I think that you find them through the algorithm of your life. So it's kind of like what you're focused on. And if you stay open, so it's like, if you're focused on what you want to create, you kind of attract conversations based on that with different people. So I think just being open sometimes, you know, I mean, obviously you want to be safe. I'm talking to a bunch of young, you know, in the daytime over coffee, you want to be safe, you know, just in terms of, you know, being open to what and interested. I think it's being interested as well. But like, I always feel like the people, your generation is so much smarter than we are. So when you ask someone like me, I'm like, what do I have? Because you guys come in with the upgrade. You come in with everything you need to know about where we're going in the future, right? From the time you're born, babies come in, they know, like, and then they grow up and we should be listening to you because you come in to bring us the future. Okay. So I would say, I think your generation <laughs> knows a lot more because I think a lot of what 
the opinions our generation has and the experience we have is already written for us in a lot of ways with social media and with the information that's out there. It's hard for a lot of people in my generation even to form their own opinions and like be their own people. And I feel like actually there's pros and cons. Like you said, like maybe we're more up to speed on technology, but like, are we really our most authentic selves with social media and with the information that's out there? I think a lot of the times it's a lot more of like a carbon copy versus these like authentic breathing individuals. And it's hard. Yes. But I think all of that, my generation, your generation, every generation that we know has been programmed. So (laughs) you come in, it's like in your twenties and thirties, you're dismantling all the programming from your parents, from society, from school, from politics, from everything, the media, social media, right? You're finding yours. You're finding out who am I separate from the program that I was born into and what I've been told is, is real or reality. So, and then you start realizing, oh my God, I can create my own reality. And you start questioning the current systems in place. And so I think the great thing, depending on how you're raised, where you're raised, what your education is, is is how deeply programmed you are. (laughs) So it's more of that really. And, And to realize, I think the biggest thing is that we latch on when we're young to Obviously, we latch on to our parents and we latch on to girlfriends and guy friends and community. And based on what those belief systems are, that really forms a lot too, right? So I think that the idea is to question what those beliefs are, whatever they are, with your parents, with what's happening in school, with your group of friends, and say, do those align with me? And if they do align with you, you're with a good group. And if they don't, you can still love them from afar or love them up close, whatever. If you're super evolved, you can just be around anybody with any opinion and it, it doesn't really bother you so much. But that takes time, right? I mean, I don't know. It took me a little time, <laughs> maybe not everyone, to be able to hold space for even if, you know, we don't have the same view that maybe neither one of us is right. It's just based on our programming. And so there's, there's a bit of a buffer there between, okay, you were raised with this set of beliefs or, or you've had these experiences in your life and that's how you formed your belief systems. And I've had my upbringing and, or whatever, and my experiences, and that's formed my view, but neither one is really, what's really true. What's really the truth? Neither one really, right? Because it's just based on history. It's not based on what you're creating. So, so much of it is, what is it that I want? You know, I think in your, at any age, right? It's to really focus on what it is you will want, what you want in life, what you want your legacy to be in this life. And then aligning with the people that support that or that are moving in that direction or that at least love you and support you. You know what I mean? They don't have to be doing the same thing, certainly. I love that. I love that idea that we all are pre-programmed and we are constantly becoming. And I think that's what your 20s are. It's the awakening of, oh, wait, I can change the people, my opinions, my place in life. And I think that's why the 20s have this stereotype of being such a roller coaster and so thought-provoking because you start to become like a real human and an adult Mm -hmm. with opinions and ideas and forming new friends and leaving the hometown and all the stuff you mentioned. So that's such a great point. But I love the idea that it's like constantly evolving and we're all pre-programmed regardless of generation. You were pre-programmed, I was pre-programmed. And that's actually the perfect segue into like my next question just about what was your pre-programming? Like I'd love to know like as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? 
you know, obviously some of your belief systems around that. And then we'll dive into obviously what you ended up becoming. But I'd love to know a little bit more about, yeah, childhood. Yeah. I mean, so much of it, I think with all of us and particularly myself was a reaction to what existed, right? So I don't want to do that. I do want to do this, right? So if if there was something that, let's say, my mother or father did that I didn't like, I reacted and did the opposite. You know, so there's a lot of that that bounces around too. So it, it takes years to kind of unravel it all, right? Or at least, I don't know, for me. And so, but it's a good start to just sort of see that your parents have been programmed. So, and their sense of belief and their sense of being able to, their survival skills are in place, right? So it took me a while to realize what those survival skills were of my parents that I sort of took on, you know, or that I, I mean, it's funny. I see interviews of myself in my twenties and I sound exactly like my mother. Like, I'm like, oh my God, that's my mother. Like her, everything, her expressions. Cause I was very, you know, close with my mother growing up. And it took me, who is it? Miles Davis. He says, it takes years to sound like yourself, you know, and or something like that. I'm paraphrasing not exactly, but there's a quote and it's true because And then you have to look at like, why am I, it is, it's a lot of sort of journaling and a lot of, why do I have the beliefs I do? My parents clearly have their beliefs. My, the town I'm in or the religion I grew up in, there's so many influences, right? Like so many. And for me, it was about independence. It was just about getting away from home, being independent, being on my own. I didn't go to college. All my friends were going to college, but I kind of knew what I wanted to do and I wanted to explore it. And I had gone to New York and and taken an acting class. And the guy said, you know, it's really important that you do this young. You know, you don't waste your years in the theater if you want to do film and TV. Like as a woman, you should go after it, you know. So I did. And there are pros and cons to that choice. You know, all these choices that we make, there are pros and cons, right? I mean, I didn't have that college experience. I don't even know what that's like. I have no idea. All my friends have had that experience. And for better or worse, you know, I went and started working. I was had worked from the time I was 17, 18, 19 years old. So, and I, but I've had an incredible experience, an incredible life. So life is kind of like that. You know what I mean? It's like, and you have to listen. For me, I showed up to take my SATs and I got really nauseous. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this. I'm, this, this isn't for me in this life. And I walked home and my mother was like, why are you home? You're supposed to be taking your SATs. And I said, I'm not taking them. I'm moving to New York. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing college. I'm not doing any of it. And so, I mean, thank God she's a, you know, open-minded person and a free thinker. And it's like, okay. And over the two years that I was in New York, I borrowed some, you know, money. I got a job and worked and supported myself, but I borrowed some money and I paid her back. You know, it was like a whole thing. And I was like, wait a minute, you got out of paying for college. <laughs> I shouldn't have to pay you back, but I did. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so funny. I love this idea that you listen to your body. Like your gut was like, this isn't for you. This isn't for you. And it was like, and you were like, screw it. Bye. Like I wish in all situations, we were more in touch with what we really think. Because like you said, I do feel like on especially as women, like our gut is telling us stuff like all the time. Like obviously SAT is not the greatest for everyone, but there are things in life, your situations and like we do know. And it's if you have like the courage, the strength, the ability to listen to that and pivot. And I think, of course, like I said, there's things like the SATs no one loves, but I love that you were just so sure of yourself and you knew that you were going to do a different path than everyone else. And I find that 
that tends to be really rare, actually. Like with a lot of the people I've interviewed, they often start out for a while on the path that's expected of them, that's pre-programmed into them. My parents said I was going to be a lawyer. So I went to college to do pre-law. And now they're like some amazing something else. So could you talk to me a little bit more about knowing you wanted to be an actress? Because you said you, you knew you wanted to do that. You went to this class in New York, obviously before college, which is quite young. Can you tell me a little bit about like how you knew that? Maybe there was a certain actress you really admired or actor. And like, what gave you the confidence to like know that was your path, despite it being different than your peers? Mm. I remember being about nine years old and living in New York with my mom. And we went to see a movie called The Goodbye Girl. And in this movie, there was a girl about my age. And I remember the scene where her mother was divorced and there was like a guy living in the house and there was like an argument and you just sort of, the camera was on this young girl and she was emotional and talking about the experience and whatever. And I remember seeing the film and thinking, like, I so relate to this, what this girl is going through and how it was expressed in this film. And I was so moved because there was nobody else I could talk to about it, but I saw this movie and I was like, it was like an affirmation that I wasn't alone in the world. Right. So I think the power of that's the first sort of memory of the power of film. And then I remember seeing this movie. I mean, there's like random movies, the black stallion. And I was so moved by that movie. I just was like, there were certain things I thought I'm so moved by like, this has the power to really impact. That's, I think, was the first sort of thought of it. And then it became about just process of elimination. My parents wanted me to be a lawyer. I originally thought about being a journalist. And then I think the acting thing was just in high school, I took an acting class. And I was kind of a loner, even though I knew a lot of people. And I just thought, I like to be on my own. I don't want to like be in an office with a bunch of people because I'm a, a bit sensitive, highly, you know, I'm just whatever. And it just seemed like the most freedom and the most sort of thing I would always evolve and always learn and always grow. Like it would never end how you could keep learning in that profession. And it would allow me the freedom to learn about things, other things of interest. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Do you feel like it's lined up with your initial expectations? It's probably hard to tap into that like young mind of, oh, I'm doing this. But after all these years in the industry, obviously iconic roles, it worked out for you. Obviously, some people doesn't work out for. Do you feel like it's it's matched up with what you thought or has it been different? It's been different because we all have this idea of things. You can go to law school or business school and then you get involved in business and law and you're like, oh my God, this is totally not how I imagined it. It's completely not what I learned in school. So no matter what you learn or whatever, the actual application of it is different. And then sort of the images you've projected onto it, right? Or what you think, I mean, there were things I thought I had to be or ways in which I thought I had to be for everyone that over the years you shed, you know, you're like, okay this is about me now. I'm going in and having my experience as an actor versus trying to please everyone around. You know what I mean? How it is. You're learning. It's like anything new you're learning. So you're, but in many ways it exceeded my expectations because I think my expectations were built in fantasy early on, if that makes sense. Like, you know, cause I didn't know any other way. And now I'm so thankful and I see the riches of my life, you know, and, and not that it was all, all easy or that it was, but I think if you show up and you're consistent and you have a good attitude about things and you 
I mean, there are people that have had in, uh, much bigger careers and much smaller careers, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just happy for what I've had and my experiences. So yeah, I love that sense of gratitude. Like, be like, it's like you said, in any career, even business and law, like our examples, there are crazy, the Elon Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg's that have changed industries. And then there's the amazing mom and pop shop that is maybe on a smaller career, but still really equally successful and happy. So my question for you is what advice do you have? And maybe it is just being grateful for the place you're at. But what advice do you have for 20 somethings that want to go into the entertainment industry, and maybe be actors and actresses? Because I know times have changed maybe a little bit, but is there maybe like a mindset or a set of advice or like a book or anything that you would recommend for 20-somethings that want to go into the entertainment industry? Right. Well, there's a great book that I, I mean, it, it's really for anyone in any industry, but you know, there's books like Creative Visualization. I mean, the woman that started Net-A-Porter says that that book changed her life, right? And I read it when I was probably in my 20s. It's by a woman named Shakti Gawain. It's an old book, but it's in there's probably newer books that, that do the same thing. And then there's the other book, The Artist Way, which is good for anyone by Julia Cameron, which a lot of people know about. That's the morning pages, yes, right? Yes, yes. So I would say today the industry is so different, but at the same time, the work ethic's the same, right? So it's just about really getting up every day and, and saying, and showing up. I mean, I think like with any job, right? It's like you just get, you show up. You know, a lot of it's just creating the career that you want and saying any time that you can empower yourself by being a creator, right? Because sometimes on the acting side, we're sort of waiting for somebody to hire us, right? So it's nice to sort of either have really a lot of other interests and, and some of those may be revenue sources you know, that are other interests to your acting. That doesn't mean your acting isn't the number one priority, but there's that. So you're supported so that you're not reliant on, oh no, today or tomorrow, or it's slow or this or that. And the other way is to create things for yourself. So create content, write a script, you know, option a book, direct if you want, you know, you, you're not limited anymore. You know what I mean? Like literally you could be, you know, a singer and be an actor or be a, an actor and be a singer. And, you know, there's so many ways to go about it. So you know, if you utilize, and that's what's kind of good about the artist way, if you utilize all your talents, all, you know, in the pie of, okay, this is who I am and all the different things that I love to do, you're not limited to just, okay, I'm an actor showing up for an audition that may or may not be hired. You're having a more expansive life view. You may be at, want to act as your priority, but kind of interested in law on the side and you can take classes online, you know what I mean? Or Whatever. I think, I think the idea today is, is to be fulfilled, to be a whole person. So however you can do that and be an actor, do it is, would be my advice. And knowing that in your twenties, like maybe you have a little bit more time because you maybe don't have the kids and the whole commitment and maybe you have a little bit more flexibility to try other things and see what sticks. You talk a little bit about revenue sources, which I think is an important part of your twenties you know, especially when people are pursuing passion projects like acting or like singing, often you still have to pay the bills and that can be challenging. So what was your process like there with pursuing acting? And maybe you were lucky that you were able to become a series regular so young that it wasn't, you know, as much of an issue. But how, what was that like? Did you have any fun, odd jobs to pay the bills in your 20s? And, and what's your advice for people in that boat now? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I did everything from work at, at a sweater store, you know, in New York to, I'm trying to think what else did I do? I did commercials. 
I worked, I think I worked at the Gap. I mean, I did. I worked at the Gap when I was really young, but I did that. I did more retail because I don't know, it was fun and easy for me and social and I liked it and I could work part time or I could have some cover my schedule um, in my twenties when I, when I did that. So I did that for a while and then commercials, I did a little bit of modeling. You know, I just kind of, I just kind of did a bunch of different, you know, whatever I could do. I, I never did the waitress thing, but I did. Yeah. I worked in, in a few different stores in my twenties. I love that. I love the little odd jobs. I think that that really builds character and like, I don't know. I've heard some cool stories too of the person that was like, oh yeah, their gap manager ended up being the one that had a parent who was running the casting for some XYZ. And like, as you talked about this earlier, but this idea that like, it's your like life algorithm. That's how you meet these people. And like, you never know when they're going to pop up. And that's the fun part. So just kind of putting yourself out there. So I want to pivot a little bit. You obviously had a really successful, amazing career as an actress. And then more recently, you've decided to get into the business world, like we hinted at in the beginning. I will say just I'm excited about this education app, uh, social app. I use TikTok for education. I've absolutely loved it. Like I've learned about personal finance and business and all these cool things from TikTok. So I'm seeing good things for this app. But in terms of other businesses, like I'd love to know how you got into it. Obviously, Sovereign Collective is is the big thing that you've been working on recently. So I'd love to know how you got connected to your co-founder, Molly, and then more just about starting it. It kind of started with Gossip Girl because I remember thinking that we should be able to purchase things from Gossip Girl. Like if you watched it, you should be able to buy it. And I remember, I mean, I had two little kids at the time and I remember going around to some product placement people and saying, you know, we should be able to shop. TV shows like and I don't mean just like okay she who she wore this this is where you can get it but like the whole thing like the wallpaper like everything in the show because a friend of mine worked at Van Cleef and Arpel and she would say oh my gosh you know 20 women came in and bought or I don't know could be two to 20 women came in and bought the earrings you wore last night and I said imagine if you could trace that globally like how many people bought what I wore on the show obviously Gossip Girl is a very fashion forward, you know, oriented show. So maybe not every show, but so anyway, so that has been on my mind for many years, but I had kids, went through a divorce, been working, you know, it was like a lot of other things going on. So about a year ago, around the same time I met the guys from Wiser, I was talking to some friends, we were skiing and they're in fashion. And I said, you know, how would this work? How would we do this? And just sort of theoretically again, bouncing, you know, around those ideas. And then I met Molly and And we said, okay, we're going to do this. She had kind of started this idea of being able to shop the world kind of like we do when we we travel. Like, okay, there was that little shop, you know, be able to to find those little shops that we love and discover on a platform because we have the Net-A-Porter's and the Modoc brand. I have all the kind of known brands. So I said, that's great. Let's do it. We co-founded it together. And then, you know, this idea of being able to shop it is something we're growing and building as well so that costume designers and other people will be able to just come in and, you know, implement that into their production. And we're starting with a film to do to kind of show the concept. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. It's such so funny to me because it really feels like it blends like who you were on Gossip Girl and who you are in real life into this like magical business that's just so branded for you, which I think is hilarious. So what, can you tell me more about, yeah, what do you, what's the plan with the film side? Like obviously on the website now you can see, you can shop from around the world, but what, with this film idea, I'd love to hear more about what your plan is to give people the option to, like you said, buy what's going on in the film. 
Yeah. So it just, it just makes sense. I mean, it makes sense from sort of the fashion side because they put a lot of money into advertising and marketing. And obviously they know how many people buy Vogue, but they don't necessarily know how many people buy the outfit from Vogue. Right. So this is a kind of thing that to me is super interesting and it makes sense for both sides, uh, the film and the the fashion side, because we're all, it, it's all a walk-in commercial anyway. And I think that people are starting to understand this because of influencers. So thanks to the young people, <laughs> again, you know, for creating that, that sort of avenue. So now people are starting to kind of get the concept a little bit better. Like, oh, like she posted that on Instagram and this is how many people bought it. And you can tell and, you know, so it's the same thing. It's integrating into... TV, film, whatever, without being sold the product, you can buy it after. It's like, it's funny. It's kind of like this overall, this idea of like the blockchain of everything's like transparent and you can follow it all the way from start to finish. It's sort of that same idea that like we've progressed enough as a society and with technology that like you should be able to watch a film and then see it all the way through. Like what's the impact on the other side? And, you know, maybe when you first had this idea, we weren't there yet. And now we're in this place where I know, I think hopefully it really works out. So it's exciting to see it evolve and, you know, best of luck with all of that and all your other business ventures. It's, it's really great to see that you're continuing to like take on new projects and thank you for sharing. So my final question for you, we ask all our guests this, what is the one piece of advice you would have for all 20 somethings across the world? If, there's, if you could narrow it down to one thing, you've obviously shared lots of words of wisdom, but if you could pick one thing for all 20-somethings, what would it be? It would just be think about what you want all day, really, and realize that so many things are a distraction and they're there to distract you from being your most empowered. So focus on what you want, write about what you want, do a vision board about what you want, whichever way that you create that or, you know, through artist way, whatever. And focus on that because there's so many distractions around. And I always say everything that's not love is a distraction. So that's how you'll know (laughs) to simplify it, you know, is we've all spent so much time talking about we don't want our focused and distracted that if, if you do really write about what you want and focus on what you want, you will achieve it. And I think that's what to come full circle, what people like Oprah say, and it's true because we're constantly creating our reality. We're just, we, until we realize that we're creating our reality, we're doing it by default. So realize that you're creating the reality, realizing that there's been some programming there and you can just sort of go through your operating system and say, okay, what needs to be cleared out from this belief system? And we're constantly, you know, having to upgrade our computers, like we're having to upgrade ourselves, right? Like it's normal to say, okay, that doesn't work for me anymore, that belief. So I'm going to, you can create new beliefs and new ideas and new patterns for yourself. I love that. Oh, that's so powerful. You have this like spirituality that you've kind of been hinting at throughout that I feel like is like similar to Oprah in that sense, just very reassuring. And I've really enjoyed hearing you talk about it. Do you have a practice? Like you mentioned vision board, you mentioned artist way, you've mentioned journaling. What works for you to like clear out the distractions and like really connect with yourself? Is there one practice in particular that really works for you? Yeah. And I think writing does, you know, the morning pages are great because you can really, I think 10 pages of just getting whatever's going on on the page. And then maybe another 10 pages, depending on how much time you have, or maybe on what you do want. So the 10 pages are just free thought, whatever, just, and then, yeah. And then writing about what you want a lot, journaling about it. What, what is the ideal life? What if 
I could do this. What if I had all the money in the world? What would I do? You know, what if I could do this? What would it look like? What would I do with the money I made from it? You know, let's say you make a ton of money. What would you do with it? So we spend so much time thinking about other things, but that that's just real planning. It's like real, it's giving the, putting the energy towards bringing in your future versus so much of the time we pull from the past, from what our past experiences, our parents' past experience, our society's past experiences are. And I believe that's why we repeat history is because we focus on history so much instead of focusing on the now and moving forward. We focus so much on our old history and there's nothing we can do about it now. We have to move forward. We have to learn, say, let's stop talking about it and move forward because it's not helping us. <laughs> it just keeps us in the in the loop de loop. So let's get out let's bring in the future by realizing we're creating our realities and writing writing it into existence, talking it into existence. Talk about what you want all day. Let other people do what they're doing. Love them anyway. Just whatever they're doing is fine. You know, as long as they're not harming anyone, bless them, but get on with your day and focus on what you do want and talk about it. I think it also can give you a sense of control to feel like you're putting it on paper and like you're trying to bring it into existence as opposed to just letting it ruminate and having it just marinate in your head, you know? So I love that idea. And yeah, 20 pages. We've all got to, to crack open some time in our schedules. But I think any matter. I used to write so much though. I used to love writing. Yeah, because it gets addicting. Like think about it. It's It seems like a lot, right? But even if you just did the 10 pages, then wrote five pages about what you want, whatever. And then maybe one page is just what you're grateful for. That's huge. It's huge. The energy of that is so, in the same way that judgment and all of that brings our vibration really low, like appreciation and gratitude really raise our vibration. So we're at a different place of attracting than if we're down here. So if you think, and you know, Tesla said this, you know, we need to think in terms of vibration and frequency, and it's true, that is in sound, you know, all these things are what, and so much of what the media and music and all these things are very low vibration right now. So we want to unplug a little bit from even some of the TV shows, they're programming. So anytime you're watching anything, think, what am I being programmed to believe with this, whether it's music, TV, media, whatever. And does that feel right through my being? Does it feel like love? Because if it doesn't feel like love, it's lowering your vibration. I love it. That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing all that. And you're totally right. And we know, we know, we know when something is lowering our vibration. It's just hard to shut it off because it's meant to be addicting. So it's, it's, it's important to be conscious of that. Well, Kelly, this has been so special. Thanks for taking time with me. I so appreciate it. This has been awesome. Can you let everyone know where they can find you on social and then Obviously, you know, they'll want to check out Sovereign Collective and then follow you guys so they can see when the film comes out and and participate in that experience too. Yeah, it's just at Kelly Rutherford on Instagram and at Shop Sovereign Collective. And Wiser is not quite, we have a, we have an Instagram you can follow, but it's W-H-Y-Z-Z-E-R. It's not quite up and running yet because they're still working on the app and having content creators. We'd love you to come on and create some content as soon as we're ready. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But that's it. That's pretty much where I am and what I'm doing. And this has been so fun. You're so amazing. And I, I'm seriously, I want to start a podcast and interview 20 somethings now. <laughs> You guys are also smart. We can do a show. We can do a separate arm of our show, you know, and you can just be 
dear past 20 something. I yeah. I appreciate it. Well, this has been so special for me. You personally have been someone I really look up to. Heard about you and saw you on Gossip Girl. And then just since have seen you kind of build your your brand and build these businesses. And again, like I said, you have this like energy and spirituality about you that's just it really draws people in and is really, really rare. And so I just want to tell you too that it's meant a lot to me and and to get to chat with you and just hear about your 20s is awesome. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so beautiful. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, if you guys enjoyed this conversation, please give us a follow over at Dear 20 Something on Instagram and subscribe, rate, review anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.